Hello listeners and welcome back to the Nerd Impact podcast episode 7. Yeah. Um as some of you may or may not be aware, uh, we were originally going to do um the Dread 2012 movie uh, as our next episode, um, but we're waiting on Archie, a guest who we've had before, to join mm-hmm. us, uh, and that can happen hopefully next week. So we've decided to touch on a subject that we actually mentioned in our Transformers podcast last week. Um, we spoke about the song What I've Done by Linkin Park, and we've decided that we're going to look at the album that it came from, mid- Minutes to Midnight, in its entirety. So uh, yeah, Nath, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, yeah, so I think this is the first for the podcast that we've actually, well, it is a, it is a first for the podcast that we've covered music, and I think uh, it, it seems time, as we mentioned it, you know, at length on in our last podcast for Transformers, about how important the sort of soundtrack was within that film, and also how that sort of tied it within our memories of the film, and at least for me personally, I, I can confidently say that that, uh, you know, that soundtrack is very much tied to you know my experience of Transformers and what I loved about it. But Linkin Park have also have been a very very influential band for me in my sort of you know musical journey, I suppose. With, with sort of they're one of the very first bands I sort of owned an album of. Um, I mean, <laughs> honestly speaking, the first ever album I bought, I remember, uh, was Akon's Convicted, which is another great album, which I'm sure, <laughs> sure we'll cover at some point. But um, Minutes of Midnight. My, my, mine is bewitched i think so i think we're okay yeah (laughs) okay i was like six but yeah so you you still come out better than i do that's that's fair but that's sort of our starting point i suppose musically for us both then that's clear but um park i'm sure featured you know for me at least hybrid theory and also minutes to midnight were the second and third um respectively albums that i'd i'd um ever purchased so this is back in the day when you did actually still buy I say back in the day, I'm sort of talking like 13 odd years ago, which seems seems like a short, yeah. much shorter time than, than it really is. But um, yeah, so... However you say that, the CDs are a slow dying breed. Now, if anything, vinyl mm. and LPs are more prominent and I'll, yeah, I'm one of those people that likes to collect vinyls, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I myself, I've got like, um, I've got two two or three vinyls i've got nonagon infinity by king gizzard and lizard wizard and i've got um to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar those are the only, the only two uh vinyls i own but i think that is a good point about vinyls it's interesting that an older sort of technology has somehow superseded a much yeah. more modern and convenient one but um of course with the rise of streaming as well that's a whole nother kettle yeah, of fish absolutely. but yeah so basically uh, um we were covering uh the whole album minutes to midnight i think what we'll do is try and go through i suppose the track list so sort of song by song and i guess just explore our sort of feelings about it whether we enjoy it musically you know whether we have certain i don't know memories or, or i suppose impacts attached to it and yeah i, I think for myself yeah. in terms of uh, appreciating this album i know sort of critically it was uh, a bit of a mixed bag sort of thing because yeah it was divided wasn't it yeah quite quite mixed uh, appeal to it compared to the earlier albums and it did represent quite a distinct sort of shift away in the sound for the band as mm. you know meteor and hybrid theory before that and uh oh, i can't remember the other one, the one with the gundam on the cover um uh, oh that was just a remix album yeah there's just yeah. a remix album but uh, i still know it came before minutes to midnight so they still had yeah. a very very clear sort of new metal sound at that point with of course you know the more blendings of electronic and stuff but with i think it was rick rubin helped with the production of this album it's yeah. to midnight and it definitely does represent 
quite a dis well, not distinct but quite a shift towards a more I suppose m maybe more moderate sound but more more mainstream mainstream more commercialized sound I suppose you yeah user friendly I think it was more accessible to people yeah so sort of a, a moving away from more of the the darker grittier you know sort of lyrical content of uh you know uh, hybrid theory and less of this sort of mental I suppose intensity around their music uh, I don't know I'd, I'd say this this album still has a lot of lyrically quite deep emotional meaning behind it I think they just toned it down like musically mm -hmm. instrumentally um but yeah I know I do know what you mean um I think and also there's less grit in an aggression in the vocals of both uh Chester Bennington and Mike Shinoda but um yeah do you uh, do you want to give a bit of background on the album itself uh so i think that's most of what i know to be honest is about uh, the, the rick rubin mentioning yeah. falling into the production of course it's rather than the transformers and also sort of just the, the shift sonically i suppose yeah. i don't know if you have any more I, trivia around i know it. a bit more yeah so um obviously it was released quite some time after uh their second album um mm -hmm. actually both chester and mike went on and did solo projects um i can't remember one chester went into but i know mike went into fort minor uh which was oh, a yeah. hip-hop based um band uh yeah very very enjoyable uh listeners of linkin park if you haven't heard of them go and give them a listen they're very good um so yeah there was quite a time jump waiting mm -hmm. for this album so i think that also probably played into why it was divided between fans because the hype of you know the third album coming out mm -hmm. and you know and that that can be the almost curse of a band waiting too long or having so long in between yeah. studio albums is the hype sometimes overbuilds itself and it collapses mm -hmm. however I, I i'm on the um side of very much enjoying this album mm -hmm. uh you know i think it, it is different to their first two albums but it, it still hits uh, lyrically hits very hard uh, and musically it's, it's still very enjoyable it depends what mood you're in really um, yeah but yeah and obviously as most people know um <clears throat> the song what i've done became the lead single anyway and then obviously mm -hmm. it was then part of the whole transformers franchise in itself um but you know they did release other singles uh given up was released as a single uh shadow of the day leave out all the rest and uh bleed it out were all singles i could there could be more but i know them them ones were definitely released as singles and all had uh, accompanying music videos mm -hmm. um so they you know they, they heavily promoted this album and i think that's probably again because there was such a wait for it they they went they went hard and, and didn't go home instead mm -hmm. no that, that certainly makes sense i definitely think that carries across into this album is more that uh, I think time spent does lead to more sort of, I guess, intense uh, production and stuff like that. And I, I think, as I, I do absolutely agree, I think what uh, should be made clear that I think both of us really, really enjoy this album uh, in yeah. terms of Linkin Park's discography and just generally as, as, as an album that, you know, I enjoy to listen to. And it has some of the most important yeah. songs to me, sort of both emotionally and sort of yeah, impact wise. Mm, um, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll get into, um, but I suppose also, yeah. I, I think maybe we may have slightly jumped the gun uh, here, but I think it'd be a good opportunity to just uh, give maybe just a brief overview of sort of where we stand musically, just so that the listeners have an idea about where sort of Linkin yeah, Park sort of fits absolutely. in, I suppose. So I don't know if you want to fire away, Aiden gives, you know, just 
some yeah, idea. I mean, I'll say it straight, straight away. Um, Linkin Park, when I was, uh, as I think a lot of people, when they, you know, first came out with Hybrid Theory, was definitely a band I was heavily listening to. Um, mm-hmm. I have a very mixed text in music, which I'll go over in a minute, but it's weird. Linkin Park's one of them ones now, especially as an adult, that they sometimes go by the wayside. They're not a, they're not a band I will avidly search out on Spotify to go and listen to. Yeah. But then when it comes on on a shuffle, I'm like, oh my god, Jeff, Linky Park, forgot how good these are actually. <laughs> um, I have added a few to my gym playlist now, like going through it. Um, mm-hmm. I think obviously, and again, a lot of people probably did with the um the absolutely devastating uh passing of Chester Bennington. Um. Uh, you know, a lot of fans went straight back to albums and and mm-hmm. listened to them to honour him and 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 we will talk about it. But there are songs that you know, unfortunately, did kind of point to this unfortunate suicide happening, yeah. which is even worse. You know mm-hmm. that the you know a lot of um, musicians uh, you know write their thoughts, feelings, and you know difficulties in their music, um, and you know it is a shame that it happened. And obviously, it was in junction with Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave fame and yeah. you know, they both passed away within a very similar time because I can't, I can't remember who'd passed away first I and mean, I'm, I'm going to just check that because I'm pretty sure it was, um, it was Chester I believe wasn't it it was Chester and I think yeah. the effect of Chester's death affected Chris and that's what pushed, pushed him over the edge so mm-hmm. you know that that's just is it is terrible um, but anyway, yeah, I digress. I just wanted to kind of, you know, elephant yeah, in the room. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, it's worth it mentioning. It's absolutely devastating. And that band, I think, will live on in its legacy, not just because of his passing, but, you know, they, they were part of the pioneer, pioneers of new metal movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking of new metal, um, I'm a very diverse mixed taste uh, uh, music-wise. You know, I grew up uh, with, you know, Obviously, I was a 90s baby, so um, I was very much part of the uh, grunge movement when that yeah. came out. Um, you know, I kind of was on Listen Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. um, Stone Temple Pilots, th- those sort of bands. But um, I grew up, you know, with reggae, and my dad was a, was a massive reggae fan. Um, I listened to, you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a very diverse taste, but I think ultimately, at the end of the day, my my true love kind of sits with alternate rock and pop punk. Um, I go to a lot of festivals, you know, like Download, Reading, mm-hmm. when they've got more of the, you know, rock bands on. So that's where I kind of sit. So Linkin Park kind of sits in there very nicely. Uh, yeah. and, and all albums do, to be honest. You know, you've got Hybrid Theory that's a lot heavier. So, you know, if I'm feeling a bit of heavy, heavier music, uh, that, that will be in the selection. Uh, whereas Minutes to Midnight, I think, it has that perfect blend. It has got the heavy, but it's got the softer stuff. And, you know, both Chester Bennington and Mike Shinoda have very good voices, very diverse voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the, yes, this album isn't the my favourite of, of the Linkin Park bunch, but I think it definitely resonates with me more as I've grown up. And, it, you know, it came out whilst I was in high school. So, you know, some of the songs kind of, are attached to those memories whereas you know mm-hmm. that their first two albums were more just songs i'd listened to uh again because my dad actually you know got me into Linkin park i think he played me crawling <laughs> and it sort of went from there and in the end yeah. um so yeah it, it linkin parks is a weird one with me but um nevertheless i am a huge fan um i will admit now obviously i know we're talking about minutes to midnight but um kind of after the follow-up album which i can't even remember what it's called now the one with a cast of glass on it oh um, yeah I, I kind of drifted away from them is it something things 
I, I, I and there's one with Burn It Down on it as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So that that was a good album. Um, mm-hmm. I've got it here. I've got them on. It was because <clears throat> it will annoy me if I don't <laughs> don't find it. Because I know Hunting Party was after that. Yeah, um, which there was, you go. Living it, things. That's yeah, living li- things. Yeah, that's living it. things. Yeah. is where I kind of that was where I stepped away from them after I, you know they released Hunting Party. So I didn't really mm-hmm. take interest. I didn't listen to it. Um, but yeah, their first four albums and the remix album and Jay Z, uh, you know the mix album, uh, they still all hold, uh, you know, I hold a flame to them and I listen to them if and when. So yeah, what about you, Nath? How's Linkin Park and this album um, kind of fit in with your music taste and where did it influence you? Um, yeah, so I, I think. Uh... Linkin Park was definitely one of my first sort of major musical influences in terms of sort of um, finding a sound that I really enjoyed and, and actively tried to, to, to pursue, I suppose. Because for me, I think um, musically, I, I sort of reached a point of actively pursuing new music uh, roughly uh, 2015, I think, was where I had my Spotify yeah. premium all set up. And that was when I it was mu- mu- music has was the most accessible it's ever been to me and I, you know i couldn't live without spotify yeah. premium now because you know i've discovered so so much music through that but um you know Agreed. this year I'm, I'm doing a uh, like an album a day as part of my new year's resolution so uh, i've okay. already listened to almost two you know over, over 200 albums this year alone so each one yeah. ones that are new to me almost every day and so that's you know really encouraged me to push my boundaries in terms of what i'm listening to because trying to find a new album to listen to well, see now i know yeah. that i might suggest a few for you depending on obviously again finding out more about your taste so yeah carry mm. on yeah no absolutely I'm, as I, I need the recommendations because i spend you know quite a while looking through you know rate your music and all that sort of thing looking for for mm. new uh things to listen to but 2021 has been a fantastic year for music just just for me particularly but um overall lincoln park is very much the foundational band for me in terms of i guess like i suppose it's, it's worth mentioning that especially for this album specifically, is that for me, um, I think music's a very important sort of medium through which I sort of process my emotions, I suppose. So having songs that contain an emotion or or that I attach to a certain emotion, which I think most people do, it helps me sort of deal with that emotion by sort of listening to it. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I have a song for crying or whatever, a song for this mood or a song for when I'm angry. It's just there are certain songs that I would go to specifically on this album, which we'll get into as we go through the track list, that I carry very, very sort of strong connections to. And so they have very, a very sort of potional, potent sort of emotional connection for me. So ha- establishing that connection is, you know, as, as I suppose it's more of a youth thing that, you know, when, when you're young, the, the first sort of things you, you feel and listen to and all that sort of thing hit, hit you, you know, the most. And so this album was one of the first sort of albums are properly listened to so it has that impact for me and so is Linkin Park's discography I mean you sort of dropped out around the living things uh stage which I wish I understand in terms of their discography you know it, it gets a little bit murky towards that sort of end point their their, mm. their sound gets a little bit more I think lost in in, in its uniquity I suppose uh, sorry uniqueness I think also with with that it was also I didn't really see much promotion post living things that's true I didn't see actually many music yeah. videos i didn't see you know billboards i didn't see you know this was you know mm. spotify generation i didn't it didn't come up as a linkin parker release a new album i didn't really get anything yeah. so if anything i kind of 
I was a bit late and didn't realise, but by then I was like, well, I've got other music I'm listening to at the moment, all my interests were in different places. Mm-hmm. So it might be worth going back and giving it a listen because, you know, you do find some gems within albums that may not I, I, know, be as good as their originals. I would absolutely say that A Thousand Sons, um, Waiting for the End, and there's another one on there, absolutely incredible. In terms of, I think, emotional sort of, feeling i get attached to very much reminiscent of sort of minutes to midnights especially waiting for the end i feel like it, it it's it's almost like a a second for me at least a second shadow of the day i suppose like it, yeah. it, it feels very much in the same vein and i get the same sort of echoes of sort of feeling i suppose from that okay so really, really i've actually just checked on my like songs of linkin park and i literally have nothing past uh living things i'm i yeah. like songs which shows i haven't paid any attention really I, I know what you mean about sort of the lack of promotion i think culturally unfortunately they maybe got a little bit because new metal new metal as a, as a sort of phase was quite short-lived <laughs> to be honest really. yeah and it's, it's gained a sort of you know a corn and, and and you know a lot of that have, have they, they, but they've all evolved they've all evolved they've they all have. evolved and they have that's but I think maybe Linkin Link- Park did the same. They did the same, of course. But I feel like maybe they're because they were so at the figurehead of that sound, so defining yeah. to it. And I think they have a t- maybe culturally have sort of become trapped in that idea that people think of Linkin Park. They think yeah. of crawling and numb, which are enormous songs. Like I mean, in the end, yeah. has a, a billion streams on Spotify. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think that's the thing, and and unfortunately, and you, they still will have a following. I have no doubt. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking of other kind of pioneers of the new metal generation. I mean, Rage Against the Machine were a bit more hip hop, new metal, but they obviously stopped. You know, early 2000s and haven't released anything. But if yep. you look at the thing, uh, bands like Papa Roach, uh, mm-hmm. Slipknot, Corn, um, Deftones, these sort of bands, they were very much at the time. You know, the late 90s, early 2000s. They they were still know part of that movement but they all kind of moved away and did different things but while still keeping that you know familiarity i suppose you know Mm -hmm. corn definitely did and but then they went and did a dubstep album um i I do have to say um, i absolutely love (laughs) that that oh yeah it's great corn and skrillex album is yeah i think it's heavily underrated and not appreciated for what it is i think it's so good absolutely i mean with slipknot you know um you know i know the later albums again could be quite divisive but mm. i personally think cory taylor is an absolute genius and um, most of the band members are to be honest mm. um and yes their new metal albums that you know the heaviest stuff ioa and the self-titled are favorable to most fans um you know that again they carried on um deftones are my absolute favorite band and you know if anything i think they're better leaving the new metal era behind and mm-hmm. that's where i think linkin park unfortunately had some issues is they wanted to move away from it but they were because they were so popular and because you know like in the end's got a, a billion views they were almost stuck with this label and yeah. some people unfortunately and especially in music because you know this is how impactful music can be <laughs> some people can't deal with bands taking you know a completely creative change and i understand it because mm-hmm. I've, I've had albums that i've heard and i'm a bit like they shouldn't have done that but you gotta give it a go at the end of the day um and again unfortunately i think chester's passing mm-hmm. has it given them a pass have people become more 
open to listening to the new albums because it's now in honor of him. I don't know. I, you know, for me personally, no, I listen to them because I appreciate the band. I listen to them now as an honor, but mm-hmm. I haven't, like I said, I haven't explored the new albums. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd really like to hear other people's opinions on, on Linkin Park, if I'm honest, because you know, it's a, they are very popular mm-hmm. and they are very diverse. Um, and, you know, I think depending on, what era you are, what music taste you have, I think people will prefer different albums. No, absolutely. I mean, I I think that that point about um, them being sort of locked in within the label of, you know, uh, this new metal band and and maybe, unfortunately, sort of Chester's passing, sort of working to sort of, I suppose, lift that that, that restriction people may have had and and sort of giving their, their later music a chance. I think is an interesting point and probably quite quite close to what you know sort of happened as i mean lincoln park is still you know i think they're 100 they're in, they're in the top 150 artists on spotify in terms of yeah. you know in the world so there's still a huge huge deal to a huge amount of people you know they're, they're up there competing with, with with you know some of the largest bands today and they're, st- they're still up there you know even with chester's passing that as a band can i can it correct me you know? if i'm wrong have you seen them live I have not seen them live, no, no. Okay, I, I swear my brother had said that you'd seen them live before we spoke about this. He must have got misinformed. I must say, they are one band that I do regret never being able to get to see live. Yeah, um, I, I they were at, They were at Download one of the years, and I was very close to going that year, and I actually bailed out, and I, I wish I hadn't because they were actually performing Hybrid Theory in the, its entirety, which oh. you know, is a special thing to go and watch. Um, so yeah, shame I never got to see them live. If I, you know, for anyone who has seen them live, um, please share their experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have no doubt they were very entertaining to watch. No, no, of course, and I, I, I feel like you, you really would have got the energy across. I think at a download festival with with mm. Hybrid Theory, I think that would have been a fantastic experience. Getting to see absolutely. them live. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well, I mean, I suppose I mean, we, we sh- could talk more about. Yeah, go on. I was just about to say, I, I think uh, we should probably, I think, get into the, yeah, the album, mind. album itself. I think we've, we've given, I think hopefully that's a bit of good enough uh, sort of background for both of us, I suppose, sort of you know, mm. where, where Linkin Park fits in, where this album fits in within you know, our appreciation of Linkin Park's discography. So I think, um, yeah. yeah, if we should go through the, the track list. So our first track is, is Wake. And I'm, I mean, first track, it's much more just uh, sort of, an intro, I suppose, than an actual track. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's it's the build up to the actual start of the album, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just a sort of uh, almost ambient uh, track, which is very short. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's only it's about minutes. One minute, minute forty. One minute yeah. forty. So really quite short, and yeah, just a sort of ambient build up, which I feel like it does sort of carry the um the major sounds that you'd find throughout the project. The sort of like weighty more electronic sound so I, th- I feel like that's yeah. definitely sort of gives you an in- an idea of what you're getting into i suppose but then that's quite contrasted with the second track which is uh given up and any particular thoughts on on this track um yeah i mean first things first i think for anyone who then you know at the time was like oh god i hope they don't lose their heaviness well this song mm-hmm. straight away shows you that, that it's not going anywhere really mm-hmm. um I personally, yeah, it's talking about gym songs. This is a song that uh, has made its way onto my gym playlist. Um, I think it is very, um, you know, the drum and the beat is very um, consistent. It's, you know, it's a yep. beat. It makes you want to keep going. Um, I, I absolutely love the breakdown uh, near towards, you know, the, the, the latter end of the um, 
track, you know, where he does his, you know, iconic, you know, kind of death, new metal scream. Mm -hmm. um, but the breakdowns, you know, very, very good. Um, very, very appreciative of it. Um, but th this song for me, um, kind of the key memory that kind of comes for me is they um, they use this song on the film Crank 2 with Jason <laughs> Statham. Um, yeah. And the reason they did that is because Chester Bennington actually had a cameo both in the first one and the second one. So they got... Um, they played this song as part of the trailer. So if oh, when I listen awesome. to this song, apart from feeling, you know, feeling the, you know, the pump go Jim, Jim hardcore, all that, I actually mm -hmm. go straight to the thought of uh, thinking of Jason Statham in that movie. So yeah. Oh, I, I really, really enjoy it. Very hard, hard fast paced. And like you said, it still has that heaviness of sort of, you know, the meteor sort of, I think more hybrid theory than meteor, like less of the sort of griminess of meteor and more the sort of high energy of, of mm. hybrid theory, yeah. I suppose. And yeah, just really, really enjoyable. Definitely, as you said, a really, really good um, gym song, I would say. So yeah. Mm. And I think, I think as we sort of transition into this third song, leave out all the rest, which is where we start. I think it was sort of worth pointing out is this album seems to, it, it alternates between you'd have more of the sort of, I suppose, traditional Linkin Park song. So we start with the giving up more, the heavy sort of sound, then transition to maybe a softer song with more sort of emotionality to it. With sort of I mean, not just emotionality, I'm not saying that the, you know the more traditional songs lack emotionality, but more that there's a greater focus and they, they're a bit sort of down tempo, a bit slower, before then transitioning again to a more faster space song, folk back to you know it's sort of like a checkerboard almost, sort of transitioning between these two. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and I think leave out all the rest is one of the absolute highlights of this album, definitely. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first on this one? What what's this song for you? Right, so I think, as you mentioned earlier, that you, 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 there's sort of these, I suppose, almost um, breadcrumbs, I suppose, that you can you could see the sort of uh, the, the, the struggles that Chester was having carried across in these lyrics. Mm. You know, he, he it very much is focused upon regret and past mistakes yeah. and and how someone will be remembered. You know, leave out all the rest. You know, don't. You know, it, it it it's it's all about how you'll be remembered and and forget what the bad things I've done, but just remember me for for who I am and 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 <clears throat> leave out all the rest. And a really beautiful song, especially with you know the context of of, of Chester Bennington's passing. But even before that, it was, you know, yeah. it. I, I mean, I'm I was probably when I first sort of listened to it, too young to to understand that feeling of, 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 of regret and, and making a mistake or, or, or worrying about the legacy you'll leave behind. But, you know, as I've grown older, you know, I've made more mistakes. I've, I've, I've thought about more of the person I am and, and the way I want to be, I suppose, well, it's not so much about worrying about being remembered, but more of making mistakes and that, that feeling of regret and, and how that makes you yeah. feel and, and that want to, you know, redeem oneself and, and, take that weight off of, of that, that that feeling of heavy weight of regret so i think this song carries yeah. it across you know brilliantly and it's, it's, it is a perfectly emotional representation of that feeling of of regret so i, I don't know how how you know what sort of impact it has for you yeah um to be fair you know this came out when i was about 14 13 14 mm. this album so um you know i i understood lyrically some aspects but you know i think the the beautiful thing about music is 
we interpret things differently. I agree it was about regret, but I think as a mm-hmm. teenager, this song was actually one of my favourites off this album. Less so now, it's still a great song, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, I, you know, it's, it was, it's hard being 13, 14, and, you know, school was a weird time for me, as it is for, you know, a lot of people. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know, this song kind of just resonated with me. Um, I, I kind of, I think, yeah, it was more of the whole, you know, forget about the bad and search for the good and that was something mm. that i definitely liked a lot and um, this was definitely one of my highest played songs you know on yeah. my ipod back then <laughs> um yeah it was it, it, 14 year old me writes this song very highly and 14 year old me you know had a lot mm-hmm. of time to listen to this song um and i still enjoy it i you know i i think yeah like you said now depending on what way you look at it it is very sad to listen to because of what's happened mm-hmm. um but you know apart from that it's still a very very beautiful song no I, absolutely i mean it has some absolutely you know just as you've been talking sort of pulled up the lyrics just to give myself a better mm. picture and and there are some absolutely brilliant ones here so like you know uh, i'm showing on the surface not all the way through i've never been perfect but neither have you so I, I, of course i can't you know afford the same delivery as chester can but just the words alone you know they, they resonate you know that that feeling of, of yeah uh, especially i think when when you know when you're, when you're a teenager you do have that feeling of you needing to show the world that you're you're resilient and that you're strong and you, you can't show any weakness and all that but it you know everyone knows it's it's you know no matter, no matter how much you try and hide it, it, it it's clear as day you know you're, you're, you're never as strong as you really put out but and i suppose also that pursuit of, of you know, being perfect as well i think that's something that that a lot of people struggle with i think you know, myself included that you know you want to attain things and 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 pursue that level of of you know unassailability almost that that leaves you in some ways weaker than if you weren't i suppose maybe i've gone a bit yeah <laughs> down down another no i think that again but, um... like i said that's the beauty of music it, it brings out different thoughts feelings and opinions for yeah. people um clearly this song means a lot to you um mm-hmm. you know maybe at the end we can talk about our top songs but i'm definitely getting vibes that this one for you is definitely high up there definitely both emotionally yeah. and and lyrically so yeah and then i mean well if we finish with with uh leave out or rest we move on to the, the fantastic bleed it out things pick up again things yeah. as, as this album is want to do you sort of we're going through we've had our, our, our yeah. sort of deep you know, dip in the deep end and now we're back in the sort of the heat of it so bleed it out is a fantastic fantastic another awesome awesome Agreed. gym song so you know um yeah really really brilliant really really brilliant uh just pulling up the lyrics again i'd say it's mike shinoda's probably his best rap based song up during Linkin Park again I don't know if that carries on post mm-hmm. certain albums but yeah um you know this this is very clean as well it's a very clean rap it's it's yeah it's it's a good it's a part it's almost like a party song in my head yeah no I, I think so as well like um it has that kind of like it, it's got a sort of uh, at the end of live out all the rest in the, in the intro of this song it's got like the sound the ambient sound of a party going on and it's like yeah you know, there's yeah that's right band instruments and all that going on so it has a sort of feeling of like it's almost a communal thing and, and you hear all the shouting like along to the song yeah and and it's it really really does carry that such a great amount of energy it's, it's so brilliant and i you, must admit 
sorry, yeah, must admit, teenage me, 14-year-old me again, actually knew the first verse uh, rap <laughs> I, by heart, couldn't I, nail it. Couldn't do it now, you know, I haven't listened to this song in a while, but um, definitely uh, spent some time listening to this song, figuring out how to play it beat for beat. No, I, I fully agree, and, and that is what, literally what I was about to say, is that, uh, as yeah. you said, it's one of Mike Schneider's best things, and I was literally about to say it. I, I, when listening back to this, I was like, the lyrics almost you know, immediately came back to my head. And I, I must yeah. say that when I was a teenager, being able to rap along, uh, <laughs> I said rap along, but follow along to, uh, I wouldn't yeah. do what I, I, I would do rapping, but rapping along to this and um, in the end as well. Like, I, even now, yeah. I yeah. could, I don't know, it shows you really why it has a billion streams, but I could do almost all the lyrics for in the end. Just yeah. in my head, just passively for for yeah. the last like Agreed. fourteen years, it's, it's just something in my head. Like I'm, I'm never gonna shake that. Some songs just are ingrained into your head, aren't they? And as yeah. soon as you hear the first, you know, note of the song, you're like, yeah, oh, you're like, like you just know, you just it's almost like it's totally unconscious. Like it, it's just all there. Like I don't think about it. It's just it's just there. And this is definitely one of those um, that you know. Um, it's it's just such a high energy song though. It's so brilliant and. Yeah. Again, another awesome, awesome um, gym track. So, side note, it's also I think it's my dad's favorite Linkin Park song. Um, like I said, he got me into them, you know, when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. he kind of followed them up to this album, I think. But uh, yeah, Bleed It Out was one of his absolute standout songs. So yeah, I don't find that surprising. I, I think it's easily no, normally. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then we we, we transition from there from Bleed It Out to I've, 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 <laughs> with the oof as as our owner, oof. there's there's a lot. So for me, I'm I'm sure for you as well. Um, this is perhaps one of the the, the peak of the album, emotionally. Yeah, it's me. my favorite. I know we said mm-hmm. we'd go through, but th- this is number one. Um, yeah. Especially over the last couple of years, that I rediscovered this song and mm-hmm. it, the beats and the lyrics and the um you know the content of it just hit. Some a lot of truths, um, you know, especially working with mental health in what I do, mm-hmm. you know, people who are, um, you know, at, at that point in life where the well, it, it, if you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. But my um perspective on the lyrics on this album is about someone contemplating taking their own life potentially actually doing it yeah um but but failing um i have you know i, I did a bit of research on this song uh, many many times over the mm-hmm. last few months um and some people think it's about divorce thinking about breakups but for me it's it's not it's, it's for me it's black and white about someone taking their own life failing mm-hmm. but still feeling that way inclined um and you know working with people you know experiences myself what and whatnot it's yeah heavy heavy song um it's beautifully sung beautifully written um the 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 one that hits me hardest the most is the lyric where he's like your friends all plead for you to stay mm-hmm. and i think it's that so many people do care about you and they're pleading for you to get better and try and you know work through what you've got it, yeah yeah sh- yeah shivers it's it's the, it's the best song on this album potentially one of their best songs in in general I I fully agree. And in terms of, I, I it's interesting you have that perspective on it, and I, I do agree. With you. It's easy to, well not easy. It's, it's definitely a, a legitimate reading of it. But 
I'm I'm just gonna say say that way I read it because I suppose um, it more fits that my interpretation of it sort of more fits into my personal experience I suppose, um, mm. and well so this this album was released in 2007 and in 2006 yeah. uh, my family relocated to Australia, and that yeah. was that was a weird time for me so I was I was just seven and you know at that point I had a lot of you know, I, I was at a school in, the, in England, in the UK. I had friends. I had my family. Yeah, most, more importantly, my family uh, mm. was was in the UK. And so, for me, listening to this song and where he says, you know, all your friends plead for you to stay. Sometimes beginnings aren't so simple, and sometimes goodbye is the only way. Yeah. For me, the what a feeling I, I get, and what I very much attach this song to, was that feeling of of moving away and sort of losing my place in the world almost and you know the, the shadow of the day was you know the, the the way I felt about the world I guess is that I'd, I'd you know I'd had friends plead for me to stay in the UK I'd, I'd you know I had a new beginning that wasn't simple and you know I had to say goodbye to to you know my family my friends and you know, and of course things got better, but and I lived, you know, a lovely, happy life in Australia. But um, it wouldn't be the person I am today without that experience. But at the time, yeah, it was, it was, it was difficult, and I was at the age where I was starting to comprehend sort of my own feelings about things and and my circumstances, and and you know, it 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 it, it always automatically listening to this makes me feel like a kid again. You know, it brings yeah. back all that feeling of just not having control over the world and and it just there's just a really really potent emotional connection for me with this song to 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 i guess you know my my, my childhood and so for me those feelings still you know still resonate somewhere just sort of buried under everything else and so whenever i listen to this song i still get that taste of of you know yeah a, a place i was at and it, it's almost you know like a little trip down memory lane every time i listen because it, it, it those emotions you know they they, they they they're part of you know who i am i suppose so yeah i, I think in terms of impact this song and uh, you know on this album is, is the, <laughs> the absolute peak of it this is the impact yeah this song mm. is the impact this is the you know this is the but for me that when you you know suggested this album this was the song I was ready to talk about the most, um, and it probably will be. Um, it's the highlight of the album. It, it, it's probably one of my favourite songs. I don't listen to a lot because it, like you said, it brings back a, a lot of emotions. It brings yeah. Back, it, I've teared, I've teared up to this song numerous times. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a hard song to listen to when you know you're in a particular way and place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think people should go and listen to this. You know. And listen to it and and see what their own perspective is. And if people look at it on my side, you know, of, you know, taking your own life or, you know, someone who has tried to take their own life, um, it it can be hard. But I think it's definitely worth a listen to because it opens up perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think what's more heartbreaking, again, you know, it's going to come up a lot is this. This one for me is this was Chester's help. I'm, yeah. I need help. Like this, this is me. I'm writing this, and it's accessible to many people for many different, you know, reasons. As you said, moving away for you, for me, it's you know, suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. It's it, 
yeah, like again, hindsight's you know a, a beautiful thing, and, and it's heartbreaking. But this song for me is, you know, I almost feel like this was his note, yeah. as dark as it is. And obviously, mm. you know, he he was with us for many, 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 many more years. But yeah, it's a gut wrenching song. Uh, it, it's it's beautifully uh, written, beautifully sung. Um, the music is limited, apart from the guitar solo at the end. But it, I, it works. Yeah. It works perfectly. And um, the drum, you know, it's a very slow drum beat, constant the whole way mm-hmm. through, and it and it keeps you on track. Um, the piano in it as well. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, top notch stuff. It, 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 as you mentioned about the guitar, it does sort of rise as you go through the uh, the chorus to this sort of yeah beautiful crescendo, and it, it's 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 not, uh, you know, it's as the guitar gets more and more potent. I suppose it's just the emotion rises with it and it's this really really beautiful mm. feeling and, and and it feels like the, the whole sense song of hope sort of, almost yeah yeah it, it, it i suppose a good way of seeing about it is it started the song starts slowly but it's almost like he he has all these feelings and and you know you mentioned it being his note but i suppose in some way it's him the song itself is almost an expiration of him sort of overcoming that maybe is that the, the sort of closure of the song sort of rises to him almost overcoming mm. the shadow of the day, I suppose. And, you know, and, and I think the video in some way does reflect that a bit. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but I do remember him sort of like walking out of his dark He's room. He's walking through stuff, yeah. yeah there's like in... bombs and stuff and people fighting. Um, either Like he's just walking through it. So again, it depends on your take on it. And also yeah. music videos don't always reflect the song content. But it is, like you said, the video is quite inspired. Yeah, so, but no, I think if you're going to ever listen to, you know, even one of the songs on this, <laughs> it sh- should be this. It should be Shadow of the Day. Yeah, and that's new metal fan or not, I think, you know, mm-hmm. you've got your giving up, you've got your bleed it out for the, you know, the the purest Linkin Park fans. Um, But this this is a song that's accessible to anyone. Uh, my, you know, this my girlfriend actually loves this song as well um she's a linkin park fan she likes some of their mm-hmm. older stuff uh, you know she'll bang on hybrid theory if i'm, if I'm <laughs> suggesting it but this 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 album and this song uh yeah is is one i think that is accessible to many and that song is yeah can can pull some chords i i reckon and i suppose you know going from that that emotional peak we transition to probably i guess the commercial peak the post the poster child <laughs> the poster child of this album with uh the very very great you know i know i know as we say it's you know the most commercialized and, and the most you know, widely out there because it was on the transformers uh soundtrack which is fantastic and i still love this song but it is mm. it was the the commercial peak and that's obvious from if you look at uh the streams on spotify is that you know it's got yeah. double you know i can see it now <laughs> yeah it's like nearly a, a half a billion maybe nearly yep half, half i think i'm reading that right yeah yeah, yeah. Four, 439 yeah. million so that just goes to show yeah. that i'm pretty it's... sure it's a top made or is it in the end yeah in it's, the, it's end. In it's the, the end. third high, uh yeah and I... then what i've done yeah so it's easily one of the largest songs in their discography in terms of you know, mm. commercial reach but also really quite a uh as, as we mentioned with for leave out all the rest and I think it's sort of a running theme of this album is that sense of regret and um, yeah, sort of trying to overcome oneself and, you know, the mistakes of the past. And, you know, it's definitely a recurring theme, but you see it here in, in sort of the sort of lyrics, you know, 
So let, let mercy come wash away what I've done. I'll face myself to cross out what I've become, erase myself and let go yeah. of what I've done. So it's all about sort of, you know, I, I, I suppose you could see it as, as overcoming yourself, but also, well, it, it does go on to say, you know, forgiving what I've done. So it's like throughout the course of this song, you know, I suppose the protagonist or, or Chester himself, if he's writing from his perspective, goes through this process of, of seeking to, you know, just erase himself to get rid of what he's done. So sort of lose himself along with, you know, the mistakes and regret. But at the end, he sort of comes to this conclusion of sort of just trying to forgive himself and, you know, yeah. overcome those regrets rather than sort of, I guess the best way of putting it, sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, sort of erasing himself just to get rid of that bad part. But instead he's sort of yeah. finding that, 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 that middle ground to, to, as he says, you know, to start again and to, you know, free himself of, of that burden of regret and to move forward. And I think there's, there's, there's really, really quite a potent message, which maybe doesn't come across when you sort of hear this sort of, I think it's more of an alt rock song, I suppose, than, than yeah, yeah like a, a new metal sort of track. I think also the, the problem with this song is it got, because it got so much playtime, because it's, you know, a lot of people instantly go, oh, yeah, the song from Transformers. Yeah. It's kind of taken away how good of a song it actually is. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it, you know, the, the credits of Transformers, when it starts playing, you automatically like, oh, yeah, absolute tune. It's a good song. But like, like you said, lyrically, it's actually very clever. It's um, a very personal song. Again, um, again, the uh, instrumental side to it is really good. Um, again, the guitar solo, it, it's, a, it's a short one, but it, it's, it's a very powerful one. It, it's very uplifting it gets you mm -hmm. you know engrossed into the song and then you know it, it finishes uh quite hauntingly actually with like that echo of saying uh dun 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 mm -hmm. um but yeah it's, it's i think it's a very underrated it, not underrated it's a very overrated but misunderstood song yeah um, i think a lot of people again it got again i did i overplayed this song till kingdom come because <laughs> of transformers because yeah. of the album itself it was the lead single um I, I I would skip it a lot when I, uh, as as the years went by, um, and then you know I've listened to it again recently. Actually, funnily enough, when I watched Transformers, but I actually <laughs> turned around and was like, actually, this song is so good. It yeah, actually still yeah. holds like a lot of impact. Again, um, it's it's a very good song, um, and I think if people stripped it away from Transformers or actually gave it some time and left it alone mm -hmm. and went back to it, I think they'd, they'd find a new appreciation for it. Um, I, so, yeah. Um, yeah. What was you going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say that, yeah, I, I think the sort of opening piano and, and the opening drum mm. is just so, so iconic in terms of yeah. you know, Transformers as well as for Linkin Park. You know, you instantly know what song it is and it, yeah. it instantly... Yeah. It, I don't know. It, it's so fantastic, sort of smooth build into the song, but it's it is re really great choice for you know the the lead single. Obviously, is the most you know commercially successful. Yeah. But it, as you said, as and you know, uh, as you reiterate, just there is a hidden emotional depth to it. I think that maybe the lyrics uh, get sort of buried in in the sort of you know the mix almost. That it, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of depth there i suppose yeah 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 absolutely um moving on to track seven 
this is actually um, a song I didn't listen to much when I was younger, yeah. and then I rediscovered it a couple of years ago. But oh man, it's, it's again, it's it's another one that just hits mm. all the right beats. Um, and and this is you know this is a Mike led track. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's a slower rap. Uh, you know, it's more like poetry. If anything, this song it's it's very poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I know obviously the lyrical content is very much about. The government in america um you know it was it was very much around the time of the of the war uh, mm-hmm. the iraq war yep. um and i know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of lyrical content about that but it, if you even take some of that away it's still a very inspiring song i think it is it, you know it, that's what it's about it's about gathering up you know the masses it's about mm-hmm. coming together as one it's unifying people um you know the the, the hook by um Chester at the end, the hands held high bits, uh, you know, chorus is 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 beautiful, um. But yeah, this song, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the plays on Spotify. It's, it's, it is very underrated. It's not it's not as well known as some of the other mm-hmm. songs on this album. But it's actually again one of the better ones, I think. Um, the, the, talking about this album as we've been going through, um, I think emotionally there's so much put into this album mm-hmm. that yes there was in hybrid theory and you know metal aura but the, i think because they've slowed it down because they've changed their musical style they've i feel there's more emotion in some of these songs not yeah. to say that the other ones aren't because you've got stuff like numb which is a, you know that, that could be a, you know hybrid hybrid theory and, and metal or could be um episodes in itself but yeah mm-hmm. um Hands held high is is definitely a rise from the bottom and and fight to to you know stand for what you believe in type of song and I I yeah I adore it. I think it, yeah it's absolutely right but I think um it's very much of of its time in some ways and the the, the, the scuff at the you know the the, the, yeah. the subject matter of it not 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 musically it still really is fantastic you know with the lyrics you know as you mentioned with with um chester's part you know hands held high into the sky so blue as the ocean opens up to swallow you and all that really really beautiful and very very sort of different for lincoln park that's a much more sort of mm. i don't know a, a sort of uh counter countercultural sort of anthem almost i suppose and it, you know it, yeah it, definitely he discusses a lot you know in the song the sort of post 9-11 sort of uh terrorism paranoia that sort of plagued america do you know what's really know? sad though this song's still so prevalent like the lyrics aren't don't feel dated like you can yeah. listen to half of these lyrics and um you know it, it's, it's, it's as prevalent as it was back then you know like mm-hmm. the one that I, I used to think for a while i was like oh that's not really a thing you know the um the bombs there's bombs in the buses bikes roads yeah inside yeah. Uh, like the mosques home homes and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. that's that's happening more than ever at the moment you know um re- regardless of what country in and you know we've had we've had terrorism attacks over the last few years obviously there's the resurgence of particular terrorist groups coming back so this mm-hmm. song if anything has become more prevalent over the last couple of years than it was back in 2007 which is really sad to say yeah and i think it's specifically as well it sort of addresses the american sort of i think we're getting <laughs> maybe a little bit uh <laughs> sort of like a uh, high concept I mean, you know the, the americans uh what is it the military industrial complex you know he's sending yeah. out you know he mentions that sort of you know people sitting back and making all the money for sending off these young young troops mm. to die and that's very much the truth you know and we've seen 
you know, with the withdrawal in Afghanistan, that whole sort of raising that whole sort of question again as well. It's like why we wasted so much. Well, America did, and and you know, of course, the the world and and with its attention, I suppose. But you know, what was it all for, I suppose? And I think that makes songs like Hand to Heart High even more sort of bitter, almost. But yeah, yeah. I, I fully agree that it's a definitely an underrated uh, song on this album. But I think as we you know transition to track eight, I think we find quite. A, you know, what, what, I think one of the more jarring um, sort of shifts I would think from this album in the yeah. before you could kind of understand the progression a bit. Like it's you know I said about a checkerboard sort of alternating between the black and white of the more sort of rock and you know louder heavier songs with the more emotional ones, but this feels a, perhaps yeah. a tad too extreme of a, a, a binary almost. I don't know. I mean, I must say, and you know. It, until I went back and listened to this in its entirety for this episode, mm-hmm. I, I realized that kind of post track seven, eight, the last few songs I didn't listen to as much. I didn't pay much attention to. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're not bad songs. And actually no more sorrow, which is the track we're about to go on to yep. has grown on me a lot. I actually like it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is, it does feel quite different. Um, but it's got, it's got some spunk to it. It's got, you know, it's, it's 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 not heavy, but it's quite fast paced and a bit more rock anthemy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know how else to describe it, but I like it. It's a good song. Um, I don't have a lot to say on it because, like I said, it's one that's only really started to grow on me recently. Um, but I think I will give it a bit more attention after listening to it. You know, recently. Yeah, I I think I think looking more at the lyrics, actually, maybe I was wrong, and then I said, well. Music musically, there's quite a distinct shift between uh, "Hands Held High" and "No More Sorrow" in terms of you know the intensity of the song and and and, and uh, the overall layout and and the song in general. But theme-wise, you know, we say um, as I mentioned about the military-industrial complex, you know, and all that sort of mentioned within "Hands Held High" is that that theme is actually continued in in "No More Sorrow." You know, they've got lyrics like "Replaced freedom with fear, yeah. you trade money for lives." And and also a sort of an interesting twist on uh, further up where we, you know from what I've done we had sort of introspective sort of appreciation of what you know you saw self critique of, of your own mistakes but in no more sorrow we have mm-hmm. the you know the line I'm aware of what you've done and so it's it's more of a you know outward sort of critique of you know an awareness of other people's mistakes and you know it's clear clearly here that you see that sort of anti I don't want to say anti-capitalist, but more sort of anti, I suppose, military-industrial complex. You know, you see, I see liars and thieves abuse power with greed and stuff yeah. like that. And it's it's more of a, a, an anthem of of, of anger at, at at you know the the, the the deception of the American people, I suppose, almost. So, yeah, <laughs> with no, a bit, bit, bit of an analysis. Kind of reminded that, me yeah. of. No, no, but since you saying that and thinking about it, this this kind of, I mean, I don't listen to Five Finger Death Punch at all i think there's only one song that i kind of know but yeah it kind of reminds me of that sort of vibe of you know like kind of like the uh, yeah america where we you know we, mm-hmm. we you know and like back our country kind of like the you know f yeah let's let's be america let's mm-hmm. you know be the greatest con- like you know country in in the world and that, i think i've kind of just got that vibe from it because i've completely missed the mark but that just listen like thinking back on you know the the the, the fast-paced guitar and you know the the kind of attitude that song brings. That's kind of what I'm getting now. Yeah, no, and I I think as well. You know, there's a degree to which, you know, it's, it's easy to sit down and 
analyze the lyrics as, as words on a page right but when you're actually listening to the song it's it i, I think a lot of the time is some of that meaning gets buried right you know and you're more yeah, in sort of the exper- experience of listening to the music but i think it's still valuable in itself to to understand you know more of or more of what i guess uh the raw message would be of the, the track i suppose yeah so yeah but I think we go from No More Sorrow again to another sort of emotional shift with Valentine's Day, which, yeah. I, I, yeah. How, how do you feel about this track? Um, so I, I like this song, actually. Uh, again, it's got quite a commercial, poppy mm-hmm. chorus to it. Um, but, you know, it's obviously about breakup. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've been through, I went through quite a, you know, hard breakup many years ago and kind of listened to this again recently. It didn't bring up old emotions, but lyrically, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's about right. That's how it can feel to 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 break up with someone, to lose someone you care for." Yeah. And so yeah, I think it it has a bit more of a. It's it's been on my radar a bit more after listening to it, just in a lyrical sense. Um, it's not one that I'm going to go back and listen to loads. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's not a breakup song. I don't need it to feel oh this is what breakups are like like i said this was a long time ago but i think it, it's just lyrically i appreciate that it, it hits the notes and it hits mm-hmm. you know it yeah hits absolutely the, you know how it, the feelings of how it can be so yeah it's kind of gone up in my estimations and like i said the poppy um kind of chorus to it you know it, it, it's one i automatically find myself sometimes singing along to and then it's kind of sticks in my head afterwards so it it it, it does its job as a, as a breakup song i think yeah, no, I think it, it is. It is a uh, you know, it's all about being. I suppose it, it is absolute core. The the, the most uh, raw interpretation of it is being alone on a Valentine's Day, as uh, as mentioned mm. uh, in 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 the lyrics several times. But uh, I think it's also interesting as well. Um, I really enjoy the song. Actually, I I, I find that yeah. um, I do enjoy the latter half of this album. So, so most of the um, the big hit hitters, I suppose, are in the, yeah. the, the opening few tracks, and so I think you know I agree myself that I didn't really pay much attention to I suppose the closing half of this track. Yeah. But as as I you know listened, even even a few years back now, like I I as we go on to the next songs, I've got some memories attached to them. But uh, yeah. Uh, for this one, you know, I I I hadn't experienced you know a really a heartbreak or anything when I first listened to it, so it, it didn't you know, register yeah. that same way. But that I suppose that feeling of, um, you know, uh, is, is this a sort of, uh, I used to be my own protection and that sort of how you were fine by yourself. But then as it goes on to say, so now you're gone and I was wrong. I never knew what it was like to be alone. So it's it's like, yeah, it's, it's I think that's an interesting oh, point. Oh, lyrically, it's bang on. Yeah. Lyrically, that's bang on. Like, I can pay for a fact, like, and and it breakups are for different different for different people, but that, Absolutely, that's yeah. how it felt for me. Yeah. It went from yeah, I, I'm me, I can protect myself, and then obviously mm-hmm. letting someone in is a very tough thing to do. And when you do mm-hmm. it, you know yeah. all your guards are down, you become vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then you lose that. Well, you've just lost basically what is your protection as part of you. So yeah, lyrically, it's bang on. It's a very, it's a very uh, accurate description. For, for me personally and probably thousands of other fans so yeah um it's, it's, it's grown on me a lot more i liked it when i was younger it was one yeah. of them ones i would listen to grown on me more after listening to it a couple of weeks ago so yeah yeah and i think yeah then we moved moved uh to track 10 which i 
personally in between, in between. and I'm, not I'm not really a fan this sort of no matter how many times I've listened to it I can't really find anything that sort of I guess draws me I in I know it's Mike it's Mike's effort at doing spoken word singing yeah. instead of rap. Yeah. And I appreciate it, you know. And for for when I was younger, I didn't realise it was Mike. I always thought it was Chester. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that was a new discovery a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's done it. Mike's done a solo album, and then he has some of that softer spoken word sort of lyrics, and it, he's gotten better. But um, yeah, unfortunately, this song just doesn't hit anything for me. It's one that yeah. I will skip straight away. <laughs> I think that's, that's which what... is a shame. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I feel like I should probably at least Google the lyrics and see, you know, lyrically what it's about. <laughs> because, like I said, I haven't, I haven't actually given it any time of day. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just having a quick look. Is there, is there anything there it's, again? It's, it's, resonates it's, with it's you. very much along the lines it's just very much along the lines of this kind of theme of the album of you know looking at looking at yourself reflecting on yourself um looking at you know how you can be one thing and your actions can be other things you know mm-hmm. looking at would you change what you did uh, obviously you know the the this one's about pride and um you know promise and you know Bit acting a certain way so lyrically okay i can see it um it just unfortunately like even down to the mute like the instrumentals and stuff it just it, it's just, it's a, just a bit of a too slow burner song yeah yeah it, it's it's hard to, to to pay attention almost yeah you know but I... however i must say you know for an album that you know, for me, it's not it's not like a top 10 album or, you know, where, you know, where most people's top 10 albums are albums that don't have a bad song. Yeah, yeah. One out of 12 songs, I will say, because the rest of the songs I will at least listen to once or twice. Or if it comes on in a shuffle, I won't be skipping it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one song that I'm a bit like mm, doesn't really do- resonate for me, doesn't bring anything to the table, isn't a bad isn't a bad thing. No, no, absolutely. Like, I, I, I totally agree with you that there that say like a 10 out of 10. Uh, would be something that every so so, so I suppose giving an example for me like uh, Loveless my, my Bloody Valentine is a 10 out of 10 album like I listen to every single song on that album and enjoy it immensely but this album would be a 9 out of 10 because I enjoy pretty much all of it but not everything but like a 10 out of 10 is like you, the yeah. whole album is effectively every single song you enjoy listening to at least you know I agree with you in that respect that's how I would sort of view an album and yeah I, I don't I, you know there's got to be some dud somewhere, I suppose, you know. But um, yeah. yeah. And I think if we you know move from in between to in pieces, which I I think personally, you know, just just to give an idea, is that this only has uh, 29 million listens, yeah. which for this album is overall very very below uh, the rest of them. You know, one of the least listened to, and I think. This is a great track. I really, really like this song quite a lot. Like, yeah, I don't know. Did you feel the same way? Or? Yeah, again, it was it was one that when I was younger, when this album came out, you know, I, it was very much the first kind of seven songs with mm-hmm. with a hint of you know Valentine's Day, and the rest I kind of didn't pay much attention to. Um, yeah, but again, you know, especially. <clears throat> Like I said, I revisited this album actually before we discussed doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And In Pieces was one of the ones I went, ah, this is a really good song, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Again, another one that 
I should have paid more attention to. And then obviously going over the whole album back to front for this episode. Again, it was one of the songs I was actually like, yeah, I'm quite excited to hear this again. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've I've got a very... Dis- <laughs> There's going to be another really random memory attached to this song. For some reason, it always just pops up in my head whenever I listen to it. Um, is I remember listening to this. I was sat on... <laughs> So like I had it. This was back in the day. So this was on my Xbox 360. I had it set up on the landing of our second house, second house in Australia, in, in, in Swanbourne in Perth. And yeah. uh, I just remember sitting on the landing, and I, I just I had this playing because I had one of those um, like alarm clock iPod docks. And I oh yes yes I had yes, yes. I had I had, I had, I had like two of those, but this one was this black sort of like ovoid shaped thing. It was terrible. But I remember I used to play that a lot while playing uh, Call of Duty World at War. And so I have this very, very nice. distinct memory of, of whenever In Pieces comes on, I just immediately picture that last, I think it's the very last mission of, of one of the last missions of the American campaign in Call of Duty World at War, where you, I think it's I- Iwo Jima, yeah. where you're, you storm that, that uh, like, uh, uh, the actual castle. And that is just, every time the song plays, it's for some reason, that one memory is just intimately connected with the song for me. So I, I mean yeah. I really love it. It's it's an interesting sort of contrast to Valentine's Day where it's it's another breakup style mm. song, um, but this time instead of being the one that's come out the bad end where they're like oh now I'm alone and I was wrong, it's like no yeah. actually you're the one that's going to suffer from this. I won't be the one to leave this in pieces, and it's just got this yeah. really great energy to it and a really great track. So, and I think you know yeah definitely one I'll revisit uh, a bit more post this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely so we move into our checking out final yeah. track. Um, and before we get into it, I must say, um, I am a huge fan of closing tracks and albums mm-hmm. if they're done right. Um, some of my favourite songs are closing tracks. Um, and I think for some bands, it's almost like they put all the effort and and artists, not just bands, um, put all that like almost it's like let's just go out with an absolute bang. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of off topic but one of the best closing songs and it'll probably be an album I'm, not an album i'd suggest this song to you but um one of the best closing album tracks i've heard to this day is follow me into the darkness by fight star mm-hmm. um charlie simpson fame uh for people who don't know busted um you know oh, yeah. i think they were quite big in america too so yeah uh, one of the singers from busted went and did a um a a metal band essentially uh is absolutely amazing uh, it's old rock metal because there's this screamo um like parts and then there's you know um clean vocals uh but this song that and that album is um has has an orchestra with it so there's violins um you know and and piano in it and this song uh literally has all of that at the end it, it there's no lyrics for like the final two minutes it's just uh you know guitars drums and then you know piano uh, violins and it is absolutely phenomenal yeah um, and this song actually you know the, the little things that give you away this song kind of reminded me of that a little bit it's nowhere near that you know kind of grand you know finale but mm-hmm. yeah you know i haven't listened to this song in a very long time and and again it's a very um instrumental based finale and it, you know i really like it actually again it's it, i i I'm, I'm a big fan of instrumentals i'm a big fan of songs that can focus solely on 
you know just the music and sometimes not the lyrics and this song actually yeah i'd definitely revisit it again and potentially put it up there as one of a you know a, a more intriguing album closers for me yeah no i think it's it's definitely a you know uh, it's interesting that the you know we talk about this checkerboard the the album effectively aside from wake the intro with with um given up uh it sort of yeah. effectively opened on quite a high note but ends on a very much more mellow note and i think that's quite suitable mm. and you know it, it's definitely one of the songs that doesn't resonate as much with me if i'm honest on this album but it's yeah. it, it, it it it's it's still quite potent honestly and i think you know listening to the lyrics yeah. as well you know it always says you know all you've ever wanted was someone to look up to you and they're six feet underground now i do and it's almost like yeah. you know again it's a that... very dark album if we look if we really look into it yeah and i think with maybe you know again with, with the, the context of, of chester's passing away maybe that's something that you know he felt mm. more of that 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 you know to 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 of you know had that sort of almost appreciation and it's only when you know when people lose someone that they actually you know value them i suppose yeah. you know and i think that that's this mm. you know quite a quite heavy message for an, an ending ending track i suppose and uh, this i think this you know i could be wrong but you know I, my kind of assumption is Closing tracks, you know, the back half of a lot of albums sometimes do get missed because mm -hmm. unless you're like, for example, my girlfriend, she's not a person who can listen to a band or an album in its entirety. Yeah. She needs a variety of different songs, different, you know, vocals and stuff. So mm -hmm. if you're not that way inclined and can and can power through an album, you are potentially sh shutting off the album and changing by track six and seven. Yeah. And I think that's where these kind of latter four or five songs, unfortunately did hit, you know, have that kind of mm -hmm. happen to them. I mean, looking at the plays on Spotify, the little things that give you away and in between are dozens lower than the, the front half of the album you know yeah. the front half of the album are all in the hundred thousands bar wake but that's because it's an obviously a so the hundred, hundreds of millions track. hundreds of millions there so just, yeah hundreds yeah. of millions sorry um, no worries my, my numbers and math is terrible right now, but, um, <laughs> whereas the, the the rest of the album after hand yeah no from hands held high really are all yeah. really low mm -hmm. um so again maybe that's what happened with this album um however i'd like to think and i know obviously it wasn't planned but is obviously knowing what album comes next. I feel like the little things that give you away is almost a snippet into what the next album was eventually going to be. Do you, do you think so? It feels like there's a bit of, yeah, I feel like there's a bit of living things sat in there musically. And I think it, it kind of was almost a hint. It probably wasn't because obviously this album was its own album, but sometimes, you know, it, it there's, there's, you can see, glimmers of the change through no, albums and I yeah, feel like Minutes to Midnight yeah, was absolutely. definitely the starting point of the, you know, moving into the latter uh, albums. So, yeah. But um, all in all, it's a decent closing song. Um, it's not their best uh, <laughs> by far. Um, you know, if we're talking about closing songs on Linkin Park, I'm pretty sure Numb is the final song on Metaora. I think, well, yeah, it is, I think that it is, is yeah. Ab yeah. Absolute belter. And um, 
obviously depending on what edition you have, but I'm pretty sure it's pushing me away on hybrid theory, which again is quite an underlooked song, but mm-hmm. it's actually one it's one of my favourites again, but you know, different episode, different album. But <laughs> yeah, um so overall, what would you kind of rate this album? Obviously, you know, normally we rate superheroes and villains or, you know, good guys, bad guys. Yeah. And, uh, we don't need to do that today, but if you had to score this album for you personally, on however you would score an album, because of people do it differently, how yeah. would you score it out of 10? 10 being Masterpiece would buy the limited vinyl, um, would go and see that album played in its entirety, you know, you, you obsessed over it, you would, you know, yeah. And then Zero being like, I wouldn't listen to any of the tracks if you paid me a million pound again. Right. So, as I mentioned before, for me, a perfect 10 out of 10 would be like My Bloody Valentine's Loveless. Good Kid, Mad mm. City, Pimp Butterfly, uh, Nonagon Infinity. Those are all, for me, albums that are perfection and that I've listened to way too much, uh, <laughs> an unhealthy amount. And so I think where I'd place this is probably 9 out of 10. I'm not going to give it a full, okay, that's full 10 still out of 10. High. But in terms of the quantity of the, the amount of times I've listened to this album, the amount of songs I've enjoyed mm. from this album, aside from you know a few of the, the song, songs I haven't appreciated as much, it's sort of in between the little things you give away. Yeah. Everything else I've enjoyed, and everything else that I have enjoyed, yeah. I've enjoyed a lot. So it's not a case of just yeah. like because uh, so, so so I suppose to give an impression generally because as I said, I've done this sort of you know album a day thing, so I've listened to a lot of albums, and so I had to I have rated yeah. each one of the ones I've listened to. So seven out of ten is you have. Like, yeah, yeah, I've rated all of them. So okay, that's really interesting. A seven out of ten for me would be an album I sat through and enjoyed. An eight out of ten would be like yeah. I've enjoyed several, you know, one or two of the songs from this. A nine out of ten is I've enjoyed most of the album, and then as I said before, ten out of ten every song I enjoy. So that's my sort of yeah. standing on it, and I think definitely a nine out of ten for me. You know, even even if okay. it, even if it was just <laughs> to be quite honest, even if the album was just the shadow of the day, it would be nine out of 10 for me uh, probably 10 out of 10 just for the shadow of the day to be honest because yeah as a, as a song that is yeah. by far one of the best lyrically emotionally driven songs i you know i've heard and um, i'd write that as mm-hmm. a 10 out of 10 song yeah um, i'm gonna be a bit a bit controversial here i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> give it a 7 out of 10 7 um, whilst, really? yeah and, and that's still high for me i'm a bit okay. of a music snob um you right, know right. I, i'm one what, of these people what, what would you, you know, count just given like what would you say is a 10 out of 10 yeah for okay so um oh god i actually have a top 10 <laughs> list that's how obsessed i am um but for me a top 10 album is a song you know an album where you know and again it's because i'm quite an obsessive person when mm-hmm. it comes to music and um, you know yeah. a 10 out of 10 album for me would be i could listen from the track all the way to the final track with with no hesitation enjoy every single one for its own you know individuality yeah and um, probably lyrically know most of the lyrics um and 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 kind of just sit there and just be like ah yes this is a good album and you know yeah examples kind of fall under um god i'm drawing a blank now but like um, (laughs) deftones diamond eyes um a day to remember common courtesy um young guns bones uh so them kind of them kind of albums and and there's, there's plenty more um and and this this is you know a seven a seven's quite a high one for me um but i also you know wake yeah. as an intro intro out uh song doesn't doesn't interest me and i like intro albums you know um, i mean um oh god what's the one on hybrid theory uh oh god oh it's paper cut the blank the paper the, cut 
No, not Papercut. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the one that's paper just pure, opening, right? pure deed. No, Papercut's the opening, but I mean, as in an instrumental. Oh, right. It is Cure for the Itch. There we go. Oh. That's a great song. That's yeah, just pure yeah. instrumental. And obviously, Mr. Han, the DJ's, Mr. you know, Han. doing his magic. <laughs> yeah, love it. I love great, that. Great, yeah. great song. So, you know, the fact that it's, it's just an instrumental, it doesn't do anything for me. And like I said, the latter half of the songs, until recently, I hadn't really paid any attention to so i can't mm-hmm. say it's any higher but a seven and eight ten for me is very good you know um I, it could potentially bump to an eight if i listen to some of the back end songs a bit more like you said i agree with you there shadow of a day as it as it's as itself is a 10 out of 10 and yeah. some of the other songs are very close to it um mm. so yeah uh top three tracks out of interest so shadow of the day Leave out all the rest. I think and, that's agreed for both of us. Okay. And then probably uh, what I've done. Top three tracks. Most, okay. Most listened to your tracks, but I do actually really like what I've done. But, uh, again, that's why singles are singles. They mm. are there to, you know, bring in the popular. Um, for me, a little bit different, actually. Um, I would probably go Shadow of the Day. Obviously, that without doubt is going to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Hands Held High is actually second for me. Oh, really? And then, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, I struggle with the third because I enjoy all of the rest of the ones that I enjoy quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give it to Bleed It Out just because actually talking about it on this episode, I have re- kind of remembered how fond of that song I am. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's again, I think because it came out around the same time as what I've done as a single, and it got played a lot on you know radios, and and my dad liked it, and my dad mm-hmm. has a thing for killing songs um i ignored it for a while but going back and listening to it i was like yep still an absolutely gem of a song so yeah that'd be my top three that's awesome yeah no it's good that we've got i suppose a different opinion on it i suppose but uh i think that's what i love about music in general is um you know albums mean and songs mean different things to different people but Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. core of it it does something for you i absolutely adore music and you know it's it is sad that chester bennington passed away Mm -hmm. because absolutely lyrically and you know from what interviews and stuff you, you kind of hear and read he was a great person he was a genius lyrically mm-hmm. um so it's sad that he's passed away but at least he's left a legacy that you know these songs some of these songs will continue to you know be passed down for generations new metal might not be a thing anymore but people still identify with it you know you have you know heavy metal fans you have rock fans who can still access parts of both those first two albums so you know, I think Linkin Park will, like you said, will be a strong contender to be in the top well-known bands for many, many years to come. And I think it's it's funny that you say that the, the sort of new metal as a sound, um, you know, it, it it's still appreciated by a lot of people. But we also see, I think, in some way, a, a from through recent years, we've seen, well, very recently in the last couple of years, we've seen more of an intertwining of that sort of more harsher sound mm. and you know the more modern rap uh, that we've got going on so like you're getting more of a blend of sort of trap sound and um you know more rock yeah. instruments so like mario judah and stuff little leaning into that more sort of uh i mean i'm not gonna lie there's i know there's so many sub genres of genres of music now that i've mm-hmm. just completely lost in it like you know <laughs> metal in itself has like 50 different versions oh yeah metal. metal's notorious Ooh. for that yeah yeah, so now I'm just kind of like, I, I will, unfortunately, and I know that may upset some people, but I, I will push it towards a more well-known category of music. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I'm not a genre person. If a song identifies with me, a song identifies with me. If I like the beat or the instrumentals to it, 
then yeah, you've won me over. If it's lyrically, like you know, has some good content, uh, you've got me over. But equally, I like some absolutely ridiculous songs that are dumb and make no <laughs> sense. But that's just music, isn't it? So well, you get the full spectrum, I suppose. But yeah, and I don't know. I hopefully we'll we'll cover some other music on you know in in, in uh, other albums yeah or, or anything and i'd like to think um i know um on our listeners that the first one isn't on streaming yet but we did minute mm-hmm. i've done a mini minisode and i think i'd like to do a minisode with both of us potentially sometime about maybe particular songs because you know we spoke for a good 10 minutes about um shadow of the day in itself yeah. and that's what our minisodes yeah. are it's just a quick discussion time or a bit of a I want to rant and rave about this. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe we could look at some songs or a song and release maybe a mini-sode uh, soon on a particular song and what it means for us and the wider audience. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as the Nerd Impact podcast, we, we are trying to cover everything that's had an impact on us, mm. you know, not just, you know, movies and, and TV shows, you know. We want to cover everything because, you know, <laughs> there's so much that, that, that shapes you as a person and, you know, yeah, the absolutely. impact that... that you know, media can have on us. So, thank you very much for joining us, though, for this this episode. And uh, you know, give this yeah, album a listen. And uh, we'll hopefully Absolutely give it a listen. Hopefully, we'll catch you for our next episode, which will hopefully be on the great uh, 2012 Dread movie. Hopefully, if all goes well. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much, listening guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you later.